Because the narrative in the media today is China's going to collapse. It's very backward. They're kind of stupid. We can look down on them. And, but besides, we opened up China. We're the ones responsible for all their growth. That narrative is all wrong, in my view. And I try to show with the new evidence in, in this book, I try to show if it's a different narrative, that China is really outfoxing us. Ni hao, one and all. Welcome to another special edition of Nick's Nonfiction. I'm your host, comic Nick Munez. Today on the show, we have Michael Pillsbury, guy in the Department of Defense and Intel expert. His mandatory reading for our foreign advisors, the 100-year marathon. Mao Zedong in 1949 declared China was on the rebuild. It's time to go back to the gym and hit the bag for a hundred years until they can take on America. Their heart beats at a different pace, China. They've been around for dynasties and millennia. America's a bunch of erratic pop songs, 120 beats per minute. We're going in hard. We took the throne. We are number one. But today's show is going to be an equal hearing from both sides. Everybody's allowed to have an American dream, a Chinese dream. Confucius said, there cannot be two suns in the sky, nor two emperors on earth. I guess you never heard about binary star systems. We only really deal well with one main guy in the head office who can't be two at once. And that goes the same for the New World Order. I'm going to be selling it today. China deserves their fair share. (laughs) of uh you know you get to have a dream too you have a hundred might have a couple genocides ongoing who am i to say there is no one arbiter of the global law morality is subjective on the show today confucius we're going all the way back to sun tzu and then Clausewitz, we're gonna do american tactics versus chinese super weapons we're talking about satellites with direct energy weapons this is a great show american dream didn't work out too well for willie loman remember death of a salesman (laughs) the chinese dream though what is that you go up to a 94th story studio apartment with your one legally mandated child and your emperor required girlfriend you hear they're doing that in japan government waifus they got a hell of a lot of people over there maybe a lesser standard of living that'll come into our 10 chapters today let's learn a bit about the author before we dive in michael pillsbury born in 1945 he's reaching his 75th lap around the sun pills has been the director of the Center of Chinese Strategy at the Hudson Institute in Washington, D.C. since 2014. And he's been deep in the Department of Defense. He's uh, coined the term China Hawk, which, you know, we have the neo-conservatives and liberals who are just pushing for war within our government. They have those in China, too, the China Hawks, just like a slant-eyed Hillary Clinton war hawk. And, uh... Us whiteies, he was part of Pilsner on Trump's signature policy to China advisory board. One of these cabinets he's in. This book was on the 2017 U.S. Special Operation Command reading list. So as I said, everybody had to see what it was about. We're talking about manipulating history, how China rewrites us in their books. And Abraham Lincoln was sabotaging China according to their history. There was really not much about uh, Pills, Mikey the Pill Online. Uh, He's an intelligence expert. He knows data is gold, so he kept his to himself. He does have an earlier book, 1998, Chinese Views of Future Warfare. We do have a book in the future coming, The Future of Violence. Can't get much cooler than that. And in 2000, Pillsbury wrote, China Debates the Future Security Environment. And then this one was from 2015, Security Environment. They're polluting the environment. Ten chapters. We're going to score it because we're prepared for World War III. It's quite obvious with the hacks that's going on. Maybe COVID was a bio-flu. Can't say that from a Chinese lab that was funded by Pfizer and they're working together. Come on the fair fight through ten chapters today and we'll see who the victor of World War III is going to be. So place your bets. Chapter 1. The Chinese Dream. Our number one rivals in the Olympic, U.S.-China, every year we're on the gold and the silver podiums. And an old Olympic training motto goes, you're either getting better 
or you're getting worse. China has taken this proverb to an entirely new level, and Mao Zedong, read the bio for the show, in 1949 declared China is undergoing a 100-year marathon, taking a road to redemption. You're getting better or you're getting worse. What do you think America's on the trajectory of right now? Baby, we're taking a Harley down the highway to hell. We're revving that thing loud and proud into oblivion. Have the uh, financiers moved on to fund a Chinese dream? Their markets in Hong Kong and synagogue. Synagogue, Hong Kong, what's that place called? Shanghai. That would suggest so. There was a monument that was placed around Tiananmen Square. Ooh, as an acknowledgement to the people's heroes. So China was admitting, oops, we shouldn't have squashed you guys with all those tanks in 1949 for back-talking the government. Um, sorry here, you, you people were right. We're on your side. Their government admits when they <laughs> did something wrong. I was going to make a 7-Eleven joke, but you can't do that. You see, I can't even say, I don't know if you're allowed to say Tiananmen Square, Tiananmen Square Root, so you got to say 7-Eleven when you're referring to Building 7. <laughs> when the government put up that people's heroes at Tiananmen Square Monument, they were admitting, all right, we're about to undergo a century of humiliation. China's going to be known as the fool of Asia, an old Ottoman joke they used to call whatever country nobody liked in Europe at time. That's the sick man of Europe. And in Asia, they go, China is the sick man of Asia. China's admitting for themselves for the first hundred years ever they're going to lean into it. Yeah, we're the sick man, but you better watch your ass in 2049. And we'll go back a little bit further for the first chapter, just do some history a few minutes. Since the opium wars of the 1850, the East has always been at odds with the West. You know, the British Empire, they had it the best for a while. British Royal Navy is probably how they did it, and they got everybody in China hooked on opium. Does this sound like one-third of Americans using fentanyl today which is sent here from china a hundred times more potent than street heroin your doctor's got to cut it for you these are drug dealers in lab coats <laughs> chinese infiltration maybe red dawn we're just setting it up here you know uh east asia has always been at war with oceania this could all be bs history we're learning today this is an intel guy's book this is what i do on the show you got to take the mind of the author and air out the opinions for everyone to hear make your calls at home the British Empire, they won that Oxycontin War, sold to China up until the 1950s, kind of, they broke out of it, and who knows what was happening where uh, Pfizer and Monsanto moved over to America from Germany in World War II, so a lot of that pharma moving around in that period. China's not really beholden to the West anymore at that point. They're doing the Japanese version of isolationism. We will become the samurai, close the borders. That is what China is doing right now. During the early 1900s, a lot of the world was imperializing. We were taking over Philippines, Hawaii, and all that. China, they were getting into Darwinism, and they put, made this uh, heavily about their school curriculum, and they tell their kids... All members of an inferior race must be devoured by the superior one. This is basically Nazi eugenics, and they were doing it at the same time as Hirohito and Hitler. This is still going into the 2020s. They teach their kids this. They're adding uh, Marxism into this Maoist cocktail with a fucking dash of communism and corporate competition. It's just like... At some point, all these labels don't make sense. There's the authoritarian right and left and the lib left and right. It doesn't really matter. You can make a dictatorship where you mix in the worst of everything, the corporate control of the lib right with the communism of the authoritarian left and the racism of the alt-right with the Uyghur genocide. You could literally do a centrist feudal system. <laughs> it doesn't matter what all these friggin' phrases are. Who can control their people better is the competition today. In the 80s, China doubled down with the eugenics. You're probably hearing, if you look into it, it's gross. Don't all the zygotes they create, fucking million-hand monsters. Like They have uh, human-animal hybrids in China, which the book was talking about. He's 
drawing a pretty hard case against them. This is, again, they suggested it to everybody in the Pentagon to read, so it's a very hard American tilt. Let's wrap up chapter one here before we get too much of a bias off the bat. Mao took their guns in the 40s so nobody could fight back. He stocked up more kills than Stalin and Hitler. They still have those work camps ready to go and re-education camps. Xi Jinping has since, you know, he's the Winnie the Pooh up at top. And the Wall Street Journal has quoted him saying that 2049 is the date the dream will be realized. So the current president of China is still holding to this plan made 100 years ago. Li Ming-Fu wrote the Chinese bestseller in 2009, The Chinese Dream. And this book is the counter to Mike Pillsbury's 100-year marathon. You got a yin to their yang. We're going to learn about Xi in a little bit, some of these Sun Tzu tactics. But I should do Nick's nonfiction, The Chinese Dream, here on the show, right? Right after I do Nick's nonfiction, The Communist Manifesto, and Nick's nonfiction, Mein Kampf. <laughs> We're at zero, zero. That's just a history lesson. Zero points China, zero America. Everybody is entitled to a dream. Chapter 2, Warring States. You would think it's a negative. China is able to go with the flow, be water, as the Buddhists say, with anything that we would take as a downfall. China has no founding myth. There is no 1942 Columbus sailed the ocean blue. 1776 dumping oolong tea into the shanghai harbor they don't have that their history is told through dynasties spanning millennia almost three thousand years half of what it took to get back to the egyptians so their sense of time as i said it's on a different boom boom they're in a shamanic drum circle and we do EDM raves here every day. There's a scandal in America that is going to be written in the history books because we're only 200 years old. That doesn't even fit a bestseller. You know, one page per year, that's nothing. We thrive on the drama here in China. They don't even need a awesome origin story. They're just like, we've been here forever. We eat noodles. This is what we do, fam. Of their history, the era that they consider most like... 21st century is the spring autumn of the warring states this happened in 475 bc around the time of greece there were seven feuding states underneath the qin dynasty qin jin qin huin seven states under one federal government they refer to it as a hegemon and whoever is in china politics that's what they refer to the u.s as today a global hegemony, a hegemon, and it's supposed to be like an evil word. There's this coalition between the kin states that led to deception, so all the states started warring with each other until they funded the center, and it was, uh, you know, this could be a cryptic bigger tale about we're funding these black nobility to run all the world's governments, or compare it to America, and there was the 13 uh, Articles of Confederation that became states, and it wasn't until we made the Constitution with the federal government that we all made it work. Maybe we need to do that on a global scale with a new world order, and there can only be one China or America. We're going to embrace communism or capitalism. It's the Cold War again. <laughs> what do you think all these power outages are about? Maybe wildfires too and flus? Could be Cold War material. Spring Autumn of Warring States, 500 BC. You know a little bit about that now. And this is why Confucius, his writings lived throughout the time. He was around through the period of the Warring States. He wrote, There is never peace on earth, only periods in between war. Pretty scary, especially what Einstein said. World War Three will be fought with weapons inconceivable to man, and World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. The brightest minds ever always know that we're fighting people. We love to test our newest technology, and it's only a matter of time until we go back for seconds, thirds, fourths, nuke war. All of Chinese literature, Sun Tzu came in the picture a little bit later. It was always about these warring states. And Pillsbury, he's seeing these uh, Chinese tactical literature libraries. What else would a library be full of? A pornographic library of China hentai the top ideas in these uh chinese strategy we'll take it from pillsbury is to be patient 
they say, for decades or longer to achieve victory. Um, like you'll see later, they're always into having a counter plan. China isn't planning out attacks. They have a defense that'll last thousands of years, and then they create an assassin's mace, a weapon of their own that is unbeatable. China says we always steal our opponent's ideas and technology for a strategic purpose. And they're the king of this. You go to a Chinese subway and they're selling all the hacked technology, bootleg bullshit. That's what they're good at. Even like Toyota or whatever. I know it's Japanese, but these slant eyes, they take American designs where the entrepreneurs, we come up with an idea here and we go, yeah, America, you're going to love this idea. Buy this car now. And it breaks on you in China. They take it there and they give it honor and life. A Toyota will never break. Get them to do all the homework for us. Most of those libraries culminated in military might not being the critical factor. It's about long-term competition. All their little refining technology goes to support that main thesis. And um, their word on the hegemon is that you should take extreme, even reckless action to obtain the dominant position. So in this hundred years, they're going to do whatever they can to bring the West to its knees to be in the best place to take control of the hegemon. That's what their intel community would say. I don't want to, like, spread the hysteria, even though that's what exactly this book is meant for. It's, uh, you know, we're always going to beat the war drums over time. It's fun to play into it. Wrapping up chapter two, the heart of the Chinese strategy is Xi, S-H-I. It has no direct translation. It's one of these words, umi. It just means it tastes good. Xi means making the enemy move by creating a situation in which they must conform. So not punching your enemy, but turning up the heat so they have to take off their sweatshirt or whatever, you know, making it look like you didn't do anything. Oops, we ate a bat here in China and now the world is terrible. <laughs> you got to she to it. You got to make them adapt. If you know what motivates your enemy, you could always more easily manipulate them. They know that we need stuff made for us here in America and that the world economy is backed by the U.S. dollar so they could fuck around with us in those few ways, create corporate realty bubbles and blow it up in certain cities and then sell. And it's all we'd probably do that to them, too. Mao, he used his she on the Soviet rulers by offering them better positions in the CCP. Notoriously, when Russia was falling, even up into the 90s, 80s, Gorbachev era, China was picking up a lot of those leaders just by offering them better positions. I don't know if that's she. CEO will have a Sun Tzu book on his thing, and just by offering someone a better position, he's like, yes, I'm getting better at she. Just extending the corporate budget. Mao used it. You know Xi Jinping is using the Xi. Life is a dance of Xi. Everything you do has to be anticipated by the people in your space. You always got to calculate the movements of the other world leaders too if you're dancing with them. Humanity, we've been at war for probably 20,000 years since Sumeria. Not what the history books are talking about. Potentially millions of years. What the fossil records would suggest. China, they have more data and more patience than any new kid that's been on the block for the last three millennia. That's point one for China. Patience. Warring states, they've been doing this. Zero points for the U.S. Takes us into chapter three, Mr. White and Mrs. Green. Pillsbury reported directly to none other on his third term right now and third heart, Dick Cheney, Throughout the 90s, these were the defense dudes, <laughs> Pillsbury and Cheney. They wrote the Pentagon's net assessment of China together. And they were warning everybody, hey, we're going to go to war with these guys probably eventually. Start giving us all your money. Through the 80s and 90s, China wrote about the captivating new force of the American market and how it's offering centuries worth of wealth and hope for democracy. They were sheing, they were investing into America at that point. So they kind of sold some of the Clinton and the 90s leaders. Like, oh my God, is China going to be a democracy? Look at Hong Kong. They have a thriving market. And it's just the communists playing the illusion of a capitalist market. So they're reaping, again, both rewards from every side. Kind of even fooled Dick Cheney and Pillsbury here, it sounds like. 
Pillsbury went to China in 1989 for the Tiananmen protest. Millions of people filled in 40 years after the initial massacre, and they couldn't even fit a tank in the square. There were so many people. They still deployed 250,000 troops to Beijing, Chinese government, from all over the country, and this time they didn't respond with violence. That would have made world news. Just shows, given more hope, maybe China will be like the West. Then through the 90s, Pillsbury reported 70% of independent Chinese newspapers got bought up. And they're like, where are all of these independent voices going? It seems like the fascist state has taken over one oligarchy, a government, and just a few cronies putting their own message out there. And 80,000 people were removed from talking head positions. It's like a mass me too in the 1990s you are anti-chinese government you must go to re-education camp 150 movie houses were banned what was happening there 20 years ago is happening here now we envy what the chinese government does if dick cheney could put a microchip and a quantum dot tattoo on everybody's forehead he would have done it during bush's first term i'm talking about herbal walker bush (laughs) cheney it's probably got a residency in China. The Chinese, Dick Chiney Chaney's. Pillsbury wrote about the extreme Chinese nationalists, and this is their woke cult. They have a progressive group in China. This isn't the war hawks. This is the people who are like, let me dye my hair green and hook up with another girl. And you're only allowed to have one sudden policy in China. So this does not go over there. They came up with this idea called Ying Pai. And this is not like America where you could just come up with a new hashtag, a new culture for the week. In China, when you come up with a new word, they're like, what are you doing? Confucius didn't use this language. Our language is sacred. We don't do that. Ying Pai meant China is the best culture and any other culture is degrading Chinese. So they're trying to shut out everything else. Like you can only look at our own media. You know, it's basically what America is saying with uh, this new cultural Marxism, cultural appropriation, which is what the melting pot was founded on. I love fried chicken. I'm allowed to eat it. That's sharing the best of us. But no, when a white guy or if Nancy Pelosi wears a dashiki for Black Lives Matter, that's not racist, though. (laughs) Clown world. This is how you break people's sense of rational thinking. China's been up to it for decades. This Ying Pai, the extreme Chinese nationalists, we are ripping pages out of their playbook. Mr. White, as the name of the chapter, this guy was a defector from Chinese intelligence in the 1990s, and he was offered a pretty penny by the CIA to talk. He went on about these oppressive culture tools. He said, you think war hawks are aggressive in America? In China, they already have a sweeping plan to destabilize every single developed country china's like we have a think tank for all 200 countries and how to best destroy them china's like if we can't be the best then nobody can if someone else is going to take the hegemony over america it's not going to be india who's got a billion people also it's china or nothing or apocalypse world win at all costs these guys are true competitors (laughs) warfare at a price of recklessness Americans, we don't have this kamikaze attitude. We, we would never draft a women for as feminist as we are. Chinese, they put their little boys castrated and into gymnast things for the Olympics every four years, into those leotards. We wouldn't even put a woman on the battlefield. <laughs> Mrs. Green was the other defector. She said, um, we're going to get into super weapons later. There's more of these 007 spies mrs green it only took her two million dollars to talk about confucius culture more of this ying pie they're polluting their own culture they're planning to subvert chinese religion replacing it with influenced confucianism is the same thing as a uh, usa our progressivism like nobody's going to church on sundays now you are doing zoom school and they're trying to teach you in health class that you have to be on hormone blockers until you are 
18 and you could decide what gender you want to be. This could very well be a thing in the future. You know, they said they're coming for your kids. In China, they've been doing it with their religion. In America, we are perverting it into sexuality. Mr. White, his most top secret intel was that the CCP planned a reaction to the Belgrade bombing. So they would impose strict remodelings of the airline system, knowing that like they were just waiting for an underpants bomber to go through an airport. And once one finally got caught, they're like, all right, in order for everyone's safety, we need to implement a social credit score to uh, make sure that this doesn't happen again. Things that don't relate can be pushed through in a time of panic. America's pretty damn good at that. A couple Patriot Acts and Trace Acts in my lifetime alone. I don't know, man. We're better at responding to these false flags event. That's basically what China did with the Belgrade bombing. Mr. White, <laughs> you're decades behind in American intel. The CIA works behind the shadows. I think we might have one of the best intel programs. If they're listening to me right now, shout out CIA, man. You guys are fucking making better hybrids than the Chinese. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Mr. White and Mrs. Green were Pillsbury's analogy for a capable empire utilizing false flags. Even the Kin Dynasty period of the Warring States, there was something called the Battle of Red Cliff, and they made up a story about a recon squadron got arrows fired upon them, and it got them to fight one of the other states, one of the other seven. And so he's like, this is the same exact thing that's happening now in... Let's take it to the British people. Your king would always say, hey, over there, that other king is taking our water supply. Get all the knights and the cavalry ready. We got to go fight them. It's been happening forever. Pillsbury's writing with these characters, Mr. White, Mrs. Green. It's pretty well layered, but when it comes to these false flag events, you got to go with the U.S. of A, baby. We know how to stage an event and implement. Take your guns away. Every time there's a school shooting, USA won, China won. (laughs) Let's go to chapter four, America, the great Satan. For a majority of Mao Zedong's reign, there was an air of contempt towards the West. Everyone felt like they were being wronged. And this was because that hijacked education and that religious Confucianism, they're being told everything America does is to slight China. There's a spirit of competition in the hegemony that can only exist in a capitalist world order. So they are justifying communism is the answer. America is a capitalist pig. They're evil. We need the one world order in order to create a happy communist future. This goes deeper, though. When you're rewriting the history books, we do this here, too, whole chapter quicker one was about how the Soviet Union's history was rewritten in Chinese textbooks. Like they're saying the Soviet Union was always the acting arm of China. We were always in control of them all along just because they took a couple top generals after the Cold War. So probably American history books are like this too. Everybody's rewriting their own history. Orwell said he who controls the present controls the past. He controls past controls the future. If you control any of the timelines, you control all of it. What did you do with the Infinity Stones Thanos? I used the stones to destroy the stones. Someone's got to have to eventually use the hegemony to destroy the hegemony. It's never going to (laughs) happen. It's like asking a politician to not sign the $2 trillion bailout when that is what got him into office in the first place. That's what enriches him. The good of man is our only hope here. America, the great Satan, they keep writing us as the devil. Kids are taught in China for 170 years. America has been trying to destroy the soul of the Chinese civilization. They called it Teddy Roosevelt, an evil mastermind. (laughs) This guy probably had hardly two minutes to think about China. He was riding with the Rough Riders, trying to create national park systems. He didn't care about China. And that's funny. America always gets the rap of, you guys are so self-centered. You think America, everybody cares about you. And you do. Everybody loves American media, American fast food. China's doing it too, though. They think everybody's centered around their history. Ain't nobody care. In the 1990s, China had what was called the National Patriotic Reeducation Program. And it was a mass overhauling of all the textbooks 
memes were being banned and this was a term in academia since the 60s in america a meme is just an idea and so in china they're straight up saying we are banning memes we are banning ideas and you see i've been posting anti-vax memes on hairy shit don't even know if you could say that word on a video that's how much censorship is getting around yeah, you can't even post memes in America now. Both sides are doing this great Satan manipulation of information. I think America is the best in the world at demonizing others. We are great at this. Our mainstream media is the ultimate boogeyman creator. There are people in the hills of Afghanistan that are going to destroy our country. We need to spend $4 trillion a year on it. Our media could convince us to stay in our house for a year over something that doesn't <laughs> over something you can't even see the formulation of opinions information of war billions of dollars are spent on this a year it's going to be hard for china to compete with our media for hundreds of years they've been doing this to japan though too like um japan is the lesser culture koreans are subhumans compared to chinese they're all racist within that they've been playing the Chinese yellow race card for a long time. Instead of the paper bag test, they have the rotting banana test. <laughs> I don't know. To me, this one is a draw. Both sides, we are good at demonizing the other, uh, rewriting our own history. China's taking the approach of 1984. Like, it's total, you either join the government party or you don't, and you can get sent to re-education camps. Big Brother has a telescreen. Cisco Vision is in your apartment. And then here in America, we have been embracing Brave New World. Get on the opium. Take all the drugs. Fuck your mind up. Embrace your captors. You are going to love your basic income. It's both a way of control. <laughs> Any way around the compass, round and round we go. Chapter 5. China's message police this hundred year plan it depends heavily on the investment in china from other nations and they refer to this as goodwill and if another country isn't investing in them they tell the people of their nation that country has bad will for us because that you're either giving to me or you're not giving to me there's no room for nuance in china another country isn't invested they're the enemy where goods don't cross borders, bullets will. In the early internet era, 2005 to 2008, China employed state bloggers, aka bot farms, to frame discussion. So since 2005, they've been doing this. He compared it to the Bolshevik Russia, how like one third of people were state informants. So you visit the family for a holiday, <laughs> you got five people there. Almost two of them are going to be informing the state on what everybody around them does, thinks, is involved in their local militia, whatever, yada yada. It's these person-to-person uh, -person message police. So a Stasi. It's, it's, it's hard to think about until it's actually implemented. They're going to remember early coronavirus, rat on your neighbors if you tell on people you get money that is going to be the incentive eventually person to person policing if you really listen to these big tech the cyber technocrats they're talking about opportunity pathways and how everybody in this social credit system you don't get any more money you are you know kept at the bottom rung of the caste system until you repost enough pro-government propaganda if you rat out to the message police then you are gifted an opportunity pathway and then you could be a low-level fucking analyst at <laughs> goldman sachs who gets bailed out four times a year you get it like you have to go through the government system it's just techno fascism man <laughs> we could put all the fancy labels on it it's hard to imagine that people do eventually turn on each other why were people in 1600 <laughs> supporting a royal crown that was hundreds of miles away that king had nothing to say over your life why were we still doing that but now the king is in your pocket on the magical iphone pocket square and so it seems so much more valid he can say, oh my god, we have to surrender more rights to fight with China, person to person, tattle on your family. Pillsbury, he talked about two colonels in the People's Liberation Army. They released a book called Unrestricted Warfare. 
and it was popular in the early 00s. It detailed American weaknesses being mostly economic, biological, and cybernetic. So they're going to try to hit the Wall Street, hit our hospitals, and then our tech. And then obviously we don't have any manufacturing. We sent that overseas in the 80s, 90s. (laughs) And so we're kind of beholden to a lot. They hold a higher position if we were to go to a full industrial war. And as the technocrats again say, we're going into the fourth industrial revolution. (laughs) They could start like making Terminators there. We got Boston Dynamics, I guess. I don't know, if we go into a world between the World War period when Germany was making tanks in their Volkswagen factories, it's how quick can you flip from war mode to peace mode. This inquiry with the People's Liberation Army, the two colonels that Pillsbury talked to, they said China has a messaging system of blackmail that surpasses U.S. threats. We could compare this to a lot. Let's go deep with it. Jeffrey Epstein I mean we have entire islands where the most high-class people Bill Gates the creator of the Simpsons like every domain of government Congress entertainment religion to these people have been to these child sex trafficking islands and China's saying we have a system of blackmail that's even bigger than that don't want to know what they've been up to Mr. Lee, this defector, he talked about another Chinese proverb, vignette. This is how a ruler cannot appear too eager to rule the people. Like giddy Bill Gates, he's in his sweaters and he's going, ooh, the next shot, ooh, just take it, just sit at home. Like something's up where even the layman like me can tell, what the fuck is this guy's vignette? He's hiding something under that. You have a billion dollars, just go to an island and sip coconut milk out of a straw, man. What do you still have to gain here? That's the real question. What is his motive? And with a vignette, you have to be able to hide what is behind the veil. This is the entire thing with a politician. This is the kind of person that wants their name to be on the ballot, to be recognizable to people, even though everybody hates politicians. <laughs> They're failed actors politician cannot hide their own vignette so there is always the dick cheney someone who's on the third term pulling the strings of the puppet and china is saying sure xi jinping whoever you guys want to call him pooh bear the people behind the scenes have much better control than you could ever know and this is the kind of message you have to put out there when you are in a intel war you're being like fine kill our president we have a million other presidents that are just going to take that and we'll galvanize our own populace you have no control here this is the message police chapter and it goes layers deep million messages this is what we need to get girls in on girls are always trying to decode create their own conspiracy theories about messages they went on one date with a guy with we need you guys analyzing these messages for the cia go look at what china's talking about with their people it's fucking far more interesting (laughs) sun Tzu. he had this tactic of infiltrating enemies with their friend so you could use the vignette on your enemy's friends to control them and then you could she within that you're (laughs) now creating combos In 2013, the New York Times ran a piece about Chinese citizens expecting every message that they send to be looked over by the state. Almost a decade ago, China was just like, yeah, everything we send around is being watched. So it takes over 100 years. It's a marathon, a slope to play to get your people used to not having a fourth amendment, a right to due process. They're not allowed to search through your shit without a warrant. In America, that has deteriorated. Our Constitution has been gone within 200 years. That's why the Founding Fathers talked about renewing constitutional conventions. They don't have that in China. This one's going to be a draw. We are both really good at controlling people through these blackmail systems. China won, USA won. This is a good match, right? I'm telling you, place your bets on this World War III pool, and we're only halfway through. Chapter 6, the best one, the Assassin's Mace. Sun Tzu said, Let your plans be dark, as impenetrable as night, and when you move, fall like a thunderbolt. (laughs) You gotta always have your plans ready and be ready to strike at a moment's notice. China often runs war games over in Vietnam. They recreate the entire scenario of 
U.S. invading Vietnam from the south and making its way up the peninsula to the north. Same exact war that we fought a decade earlier, the Korean War, going from south to north, almost like we are trying to get a forward operating base in China. We'll talk about uh, Taiwan a little bit later, who broke free, and now we influence at every single turn to be their own independent democracy within China. We're living history right now. Kim Jong-un they see as a little brother in Korea. So they're still running all of these war games. China is always trying to be as impenetrable as night, be ready for the fight. I don't know if you're going to be able to compete with America in this one. You know, we run a, not a day goes by where our military does not run a full-fledged war game. We probably drop a nuke in an underground base every single day just because. Chinese generals emphasize, though, that their main survival tactic is deterrence. And this was America in our period of biggest growth between the First World War and back to the Civil War, 1860s to 1910s. We were an isolationist nation, whatever, deterrence. You're working on securing your borders, building up old Ironside. During that time, we were building a navy. And when you focus on yourself, you do the most growing. That's what they're talking about in this period. The really interesting thing was the Assassin's Mace. And this is an old story about how the deadliest warrior's ability is concealing his best weapon. So nobody knows what you're hidden ace in the pocket is it's your hidden blade it has to be able to pierce the enemy's armor and destroy their sword take out their defenses and their offenses how could have david ever beaten goliath a giant kid had a slingshot you know you could hit someone in the eyeball and then run away or whatever didn't read the story crawl up their butthole is that how david beat goliath the Space Force was our response to China weaponizing satellites, and that is not made public information. There'd probably be some hysteria if we knew China had a hammer of dawn, death ray up in the sky, geostationed over the U.S. at all moments. There are some leaked pictures on the internet where can't really explain what's happening. Oh, CGI. It's CGI. Where there, it looks like there's a fucking beam of energy coming out of the sky like it's starting a forest fire it's crazy stuff you could they always say that government technology is 40 years i would say it's much further ahead than what we have as the public and the weapons oh the future of violence that book is going to be a good one pretending you have a death ray maybe it's better left to imagination the assassin's mace could be some of these satellites in orbit (laughs) china always says interior defeats superior goes back to their whole deterrence thing and they are building those islands around the country we'll get into that later but it's a slow marathon they're engulfing all of the islands around china to create a better fortified position mr lee that defector said china possesses next generation laser technology that can destroy supersonic missiles He warned they have powerful first-strike lightning capabilities that can rain from the sky. So sometimes you tell your own spy stuff that you don't really have just to scare the enemy. But you know in the U.S. we have HARP, the weather control technology. I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility that you could summon a lightning strike or a hurricane, an F5 tornado onto your enemies. Future war is going to be straight-up dope. Pillsbury warned Cheney in a briefing about China's assassin's mace. And Cheney, he was able to start a new counter-stealth program. He's like, well, now we need to make our supersonic missiles undetectable if China can destroy them with lasers. Through this counter-stealth program, birthed another Cold War arms race. The Air Force is always talking about their F-35 radar technology can't be beat. You could... Before the Chinese fighter can tell where you are, you've already blown them out of the sky. Radar is air superiority. You always want to see the enemy first. It's safe to assume that China has already, you know, stolen and refined this F-35 radar and then helmet technology. You're wearing this helmet, you could look down through the floor of the plane. It's crazy stuff. These are the super weapons. Mr. Lee said China has hydroacoustic submarine monitors and mines aplenty 
all around the maritime bases and resources stocked around China. You ever hear about those, the submarine monitors? The way a submarine moves in the ocean, it displaces like five whales worth of water. So you could pick up on it from hundreds of miles away and they got hyperacoustic monitors. They could tell where all these subs are. Subs do seem like the perfect way to sneak around, but water, you could pick up on that frequency anywhere. I'm a submarine technologist. <laughs> Mr. Lee said China has 16 cyber spy units, and this is built for cyber penetration, espionage, and electric warfare. They created a virus named Cyber Rain, and this thing was able to lay latent in 141 U.S. government databases. Late last year, there were a bunch of bugs found in U.S., like the IRS even. They found observing the USA. We were able to do this to Iran. We thwarted their entire nuclear missile program with a computer bug. The Air Force say we are dominant in airspace and cyberspace. Well, now there's a space force, so not space, and China has 16 units of cyber warfare. I think the Air Force needs to delegate that cyber protection to someone else. There's definitely better neckbeard nerds that could be protecting the sovereignty of the United States internet. That's definitely a massive frontier for warfare in the future. China is pioneering it quite fast. One of the coolest weapons they had was rocket-propelled sea mines that could destroy aircraft carriers and travel 200 plus miles per hour underwater wild <laughs> what if a shark gets in the way the assassin's mace you gotta have some sort of weapon that's always gonna be better oh also cool china has rigged their old f-16s into kamikaze drones so <laughs> like america we still commission most of our fighters into f-16s they were made in 1972 this is a 50 year old fighter oh and we don't have a better fighter craft yet we have anti-gravity technology i could guarantee you what china's doing is making drones out of their level five generation fighters <laughs> so they're just gonna it could be super pearl harbor one day this one's going to go to China. They keep it under wraps. The Assassin's Mace, China, two points, USA, one. We're into the third act. We'll pick up the pace. Chapter 7, The Capitalist Charade. Mrs. Tang, like the drink, was a defector in 2005 from the CCP. She was a well of info for the United States government. She fostered industry as the best way to expand the market in China. She was going... The oligarchy is working in tandem with the government. Is this news to anybody? GE, AEG, and Siemens were taking stock payments and giving it to their own employees, which is not like a, a legal thing. It goes to show you how much pyramid scheming is legal until, oh, that's a little bit too much shares. She was saying in China, GE, AEG, they're paying their own people in stock so then it overvalues the company which then paying it's like paying yourself super money to not get too technical super money <laughs> this is the illusion of the market that's what wall street is able to do the whole chapter is called the capitalist charade we are fat cats with big walking sticks here in the united states who do you think is going to win this one in 2000 china's gdp went from 70 billion dollars to 2011 it was seven trillion dollars and a lot of that you could say yeah they bought the usa's debt at that time from the 2008 bank bailout I mean, you know we have 27 trillion dollars of debt to china these are all like made up numbers at a certain point is anybody ever going to pay that but china's gdp it went from 70 billion to seven trillion how on earth could anybody ever create 6.9 trillion dollars in wealth in one decade you would legitimately have to find a planet made of gold six trillion dollars in 10 years only way to ever do that is creating the illusion of a market and so china they are undergoing this american formula of economic growth corporate growth you have to be bigger every year it's not like you're selling more toothbrushes colgate in 20 
2020 than in 2015. For somehow, their stock is going up. It's about creating bubbles. We're going to be reading more books from the Mises Institute. I'm reading the $100 gold bill Murray Rothbard eventually will have on the channel. It's all about there's nothing backing the money, and China wants to be the one who has the yen as the standard for the gold dollar. And right now, the U.S. dollar backs the world currency. It's not oil. It's not gold. It's not anything anymore. It's all funny money. China wants it to be the yen. They're also investing heavier into cryptocurrencies. They've got more of those mining operations. That shit doesn't make sense to me. i got to read up more on that, too. You're mining digital fake things. <laughs> that sounds not sketchy at all. But what's different about the Chinese market... You see Hong Kong and Shanghai blowing up right now. They don't have this 10-year bailout. They've kind of been on the edge of a bubble for 30 years since they fooled Cheney originally into thinking they were going to go democratic. <laughs> so I don't know how long you could run that gamut for, but it'd be pretty cool in our life to see the bubble burst. <laughs> and that's what they're thinking is happening right now, I bet, across the seas. Oh, America, their bubble a burst. We are going to see mass riot in the streets. Nah, son, living in America. We're going to barbecue. We're going to take our masks off. We're going to get over it. We're going to go back to work to end this economic chapter. In the 2010s, American intelligence basically wrote off the Chinese market as a scam overall. You know, they grew $7 billion in 10 years. <laughs> I don't know. They're saying by 2050... The Hong Kong market will dwarf the New York Stock Exchange. It's really only going to happen if they reclaim their debt. You got 1.4 billion people and 29 state-run banks. It's like centrally banked fascism with no illusion. I can't see it working there. I don't know. It's an interesting story better than any movie anybody could ever write. It's playing out in front of your eyes. Enjoy it. Point two for America here. I mean, we're the money machine, baby. They don't even have Jewish people in China. How do you think you're going to make money like we do? You need those macro economists to get on this level. America 2, China 2, Chapter 8, China World Order 2049. Most of the world that cannot imagine a global culture without American media and fast food. Touched on it before. What would a guy in India have in common with a guy in Sudan if it weren't for McDonald's or american idol honestly we connect people with one thing to make fun of if it's that at least intelligence predicts a tricolor world by 2050 along with the chinese dominated economy america and india will be tied for second place what we're gonna be watching some bollywood some kids can't imagine a world without tiktok now kids can't imagine education without zoom China is slowly, with that contagious Confucianism, they are inflicting Chinese values on American kids. Chinese takeout food, it's a red dawn, they're coming for you. It's uh, taught in school over in China, the nail who stands out gets hit on the head. And that's like majority of the nihilist kids you see now, why try at anything? The boomers fucked it up for us. <laughs> it's how the Chinese lack of a soul has been bred into them i know it's a bad thing to say super uh not sensitive and yes a generalization i've known people that have gone to china and they're like the people just seem like they're missing a piece of the soul there it sounds even gross to say but that's an opinion that holds validity you never really hear that about a lot of places you go to an island those people are living to the max this uh complete totalitarian control knowing what you could do and Every aspect of your life does take something out of your humanity. China World Order 2049. That shit is in line with this Masonic futuristic singularity. Philip K. Dick is always writing about how, yes, when the singularity comes, it'll be a huge relief and responsibility. You won't have to check your wallet. You won't have to care about your fellow man because the government will be taking care of it. It's like, isn't that everything that makes us human? In June 2012, China had a new classified objective, and that was to harmonize dissenters on the U.S. Internet. And that was in 2012. Did anybody notice a little uptick in arguing online since 2012? Twitter turned into a fucking war zone. 
Reddit was sold to Tencent within like 2016. And that website is a complete propaganda forum shill farm. That is a real Russian bot farm over there. You could tell. It's kind of scary online. And remember we said before 2008 they were using the internet as a way to radicalize people. They spend $2 trillion a year now on an anti-Western agenda online. This is cyber warfare, astroturfing internet forums, changing the way you perceive your reality. You know, if you turn off the phone for a week, especially in the world today, you'll be living a better life than you were looking at the phone. China is getting their own experience in nation building now. Like down in Africa, they're meddling in the Zimbabwe election. And America's always going to be better at this. China world order. They're only just learning now how to create a coup or kill a South American president in a plane crash. CIA. We've been at this for a minute. China's getting their own footing with their Uyghur genocide now. (laughs) Human trafficking. It's a dirty business, but this is what runs the world. China already acts like they run the world with the emissions they put out from, like... It's something like 75% of the world China matches when it comes to CO2 output. That stuff really doesn't hold my attention. But the miners in China are told to smell, taste, and choke on the success. (laughs) Imagine that your boss telling you, it smells like BO in here, sir. Can we maybe get an air freshener? That's hard work that you're smelling coming off of Betty's ass sweat. The Yellow River ain't yellow anymore. (laughs) Never was. It's like brown now. They say everything in China is polluted. Fish farms are so bad to the point where they give it to certain places in the city. Like you've heard of um, sewer oil. They just scoop oil off the streets and cook rat meat. They get garbage meat. (laughs) It's so crazy to think about. They pick little pieces of meat off of the like chicken wings and bones in the garbage and then put it into burgers that they cook or dumplings China's straight up wiling over there with the fucking dirtiness they probably have steel immune systems and with that fish thing they have um city planners in China redline residential areas to be called cancer villages and so those supermarkets receive more of those cancerous fish and they say up to 40 percent of people in some neighborhoods in china have cancer what what this was called china world order if you're treating people like that there's going to be hong kong size revolutions before the end of the millennia i mean get the illusion right if you want to take over the new world order china this one goes to america america 3 china 2 with two chapters remaining chapter 9 warning shots Our shortest one, he spent half a chapter complaining about inconsistencies in the movie Gravity. He's like, you know, the physics aren't there. Sandra Bullock, if she cried in space, the surface tension would keep the tear on her cheek. Okay, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He was going, China and the U.S., they um, don't share satellites. Like, we would never help each other if one of the Chinese astronauts were floating out in space. (laughs) We would probably laugh at them, maybe hit them with some microwave radiation. Every Chinese failure in space is a good thing for us. We are back to the Cold War space race. You saw China allegedly planted that flag on the moon. (laughs) At least get Stanley Kubrick to direct it. It looked completely like CGI. Let's be real here. People, you got to hold your astronauts up by strings and have them play golf on the moon. That's how you convince us. (laughs) In 2010, the drone lord, Obama, he approved $6.5 billion of an arms deal with Taiwan to equip them with missiles. And Taiwan, they're a little city in China that broke off and they're an independent nation now. China will not acknowledge them as a country in any of their, like, even the weather programs in China. They're like, and in the Taiwan neighborhood, it's going to be 75 and sunny. Obama armed these people. He gave them anti-air missiles. It's like what's happening in Palestine, Israel, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. We're just surrounding our enemy with bombs for the future. China's calling it a Sino-American war. We are in a Cold War. You know, it's only in history that things get their name. They didn't call it World War II while it was happening. 
it's only until after we will realize we were in a war with China. I think World War One was the only one where they were calling it the Great War. No, no, they called it the War to End All Wars. So even when you think it's the last one ever, <laughs> you got another one coming a decade later, and then probably one in a hundred years. He finally bought up at the end of this one the island building around the Philippines, Vietnam, Malaysia, and Brunei. And this is like a warning shot, basically, the name of the chapter. <gasps> There's no Geneva Convention against it, but who said you're allowed to just build islands in international water and claim that as yours? They're making their own rules in China. They're going to build like a giant Elysium floating platform over America, so it's always just shade here. And they're going to be like, what? That's not your airspace. That's our space space. This marathon strategy, it doesn't include a dash to the finish. So if by 2049 that doesn't look like they're going to win, they're just going to continue with the Cold War until they're at a place where they could take it. It's a better strategy than just not acknowledging a second placer. It's not a bad strategy, and that's how you win a long-paced race. If you've ever been in like a cross-country race, you got to pace yourself off of people, and then when you see them fall, you take the lead. I don't know, that one's got to go to China. Warning shots. <laughs> Just to even it up, China 3, America 3. Going into our last chapter, chapter 10, America as a warring state. It's easy to win a race when you are the only one who knows that the race is underway. Isn't it kind of cheap that China started the race, fired the gun into the air while we were still stretching? America, we are the top match. We don't need your patronage will catch up doesn't matter america our generals prefer clauswitz to sun tzu's strategy he has an eight-step program for avoiding conflict we'll breeze through these step one is to recognize the problem so we see the current occupation of the chinese government as a problem so we're still saying we could just assassinate xi jinping and that'll fix the problem this is what we've been doing for dozens of times China does not believe this. They say you have to just outstand the test of time while the U.S. is saying, let's just fix who their leader is. Step two, keep track of your gifts. <laughs> China's doing this better than we are. They got the bill continuously printing $27 trillion in war bills today, sir. Step three, measure competitiveness. Keep on doing those war games. Step four in Klauswitz's list, develop a competitive strategy. Step five, find common ground at home, which is not a bad one. You know, as long as Panda Walk stays open, I think we're good. It's going to be hard to radicalize a lot of American people to go to war with China based on how much of a melting pot we already are. Like, everybody knows the Chinese dude, like a first-generation Chinese person probably even, that they're like, why would we ever go to war with these people? It's too much of a globalized culture now maybe to have a world, world war. It's hopeful. Step six, build a vertical coalition of nations. Again, got to get to the top of that NWO because it is inevitable. Step seven, expose corruption and censorship. America's not bad at that. We got South Park just was banned in China for the most recent. Putting it all on blast. And step eight, support pro-democracy reformers. So division, civil unrest. We got a taste of that in America how we destabilize other nations China may have been doing to Minneapolis or wherever they were circling drones around during that Floyd protest. It's an eventful time, people. You are witnessing the rise of the Third World War. When you read those history books about the beginning of World War II, about appeasement, about get letting Hitler get away with concentration camps like Xi Jin is with the Uyghurs, it's repeating scripts confucius said there is no peace only periods in between war and we get to watch sun tzu versus Klauswitz on the world stage who is going to win the east versus the west earth literally is a risk board and we get to see the most genius militaristic tactics played out with the best technology maybe humanity has ever made it to in the progression of technology in order to win this marathon, we have to acknowledge that it is happening. Just going, no, we're not at war with China. They're our friends. That isn't what wins you a race. You have to know that it's happening and acknowledge it to be a contender. 
I could have been a contender. So when it comes to a warring state, where did that put us in the final review? China 3, America is the war machine. We are the warring state. America 4, USA, USA. Born in the USA, I was... That is right, the Kin Dynasty can kiss my white ass. We take World War III a million times out of a million. Blind patriotism is what we thrive on. And I will run into a burning fire to protect my country, baby. That is the 100-year marathon by Michael Pillsbury, a Department of Defense mind, someone whose ideas should be taken seriously. <laughs> Try to not demonize China because everything they do we do look at it as a fair competition and whoever wins earth shall be theirs next time we are going to be getting into a themed episode for March what is March it is woman's month well we are going to be getting into Nancy Friday's my secret garden <laughs> this is another famous one we did the feminine mystique last year Betty Friedan Rather than marching in the streets, we are going to be getting dirty in the sheets with Nancy. <laughs> she is about seriously liberating women with their own orgasms. This is about the hidden sex drive of women being equal to or greater than men. It's a shorter one. It's a silly book. We got to break up these geopolitic topics that we go deep on with voice cracks and some lighter topics about sexuality if you guys liked more sex is safer sex this one is going to be a fun show thank you guys for tuning in china number one my name is nick muniz see you next week peace